Old Hills Radio proudly presents another adventure of everyone's favorite Nordic sleuth, Sven Marlowe, small-town detective. Did you ever notice that sometimes when you try something new, try to make a big change in your life, no one seems to notice. But when you change a small thing, it's all anyone can talk about. Last night, Sven Marlowe, the local detective, and my friend forgot about our plans and stood me up. Again. Today I plan to tell Sven Marlowe exactly how I felt. I woke up this morning ready to make some big changes. In honor of the change, I wore a hairpin with a silver rose on one end that belonged to my great-grandmother. Using the pin, I put my hair up in a bun rather than back in a ponytail. I thought it looked rather nice. With my updated look and attitude, I entered the left emporium to confront Sven. Good morning, Gerda. Good morning, Elise. Gerda, something about you looks different. Oh, I know what it is. You have your hair up, and that's a fine traditional Norwegian hairpin you have holding it. Thanks, Elise. I'm surprised you noticed. Of course I noticed. It's in the shape of a silver rose, the flower of protection. The flower of protection? Yes, Gerda. The Norse legends tell us no harm will come to one who wears a silver rose. Wow. Thanks, Elise. Go on now. Sit down. I'll bring you a cup. Well, good morning, Miss Henshorn. Care to join me? Thanks, Undersheriff. I don't mind if I do. At least someone wants to spend time with me. Oh, do I detect an air of annoyance wafting from your direction, Gerda? Could it be that your friend Marlowe has once again forgot to show up for you as planned? <sighs> Sven and I made plans to see a movie last night, but he didn't show up. Didn't call, didn't even answer his phone when I tried calling him. He's probably upstairs in his office right now, sleeping off a long night of debauchery. Debauchery? That's not really like him, under Sheriff. Here's your coffee, Gerda. Say, Elise, Gerda here was just telling me that Marlowe has failed to show up for her once again. Oh, that's Sven. He promised to fix a leaky faucet yesterday morning, but I haven't seen him. You haven't seen him since yesterday, Elise? Doesn't he come in for breakfast every day? Well, most days anyway, but no good. I haven't seen him for two days. Leave it to old Marlowe to disappear, just when the town has a real mystery on their hands. Mystery? What's happened, under Sheriff? Oh, you must be talking about the body. Body? Yes, I am talking about the body, Elise. A body was found late last night in the woods behind the old funeral home. We haven't been able to identify the John Doe, and no one seems to know anything about him. Well, everyone is talking about it, Gerda. It's big news. Uh, I, I sure hope it's not the start of a trend. A trend? Uh, sh sure, Gerda. Haven't you heard bad news always come in threes? When Elise told me that bad news comes in threes, my heart sank in my chest. Sven always told me to trust my instincts, and my instincts were telling me to get upstairs and make sure Sven was okay. I thanked Elise and Benson and took the back stairs to Sven's office. 
When no one answered my knock, I pushed open the door and stepped inside. Books in piles, pulled from the shelves, furniture knocked over, papers strewn across his desk and the floor. It looked like someone searched Sven's office real good. Sven? Sven? This is a total disaster. I don't see Sven anywhere, at least. Someone wanted something. I wonder what case he was working on. If I can find his client book, maybe I can find out where he is. Nothing. If it was here, it's gone now. Wait a minute. I remember Sven once showed me a false bottom in his desk where he found his great-granddad's old diary. Let's see, how did that work? Almost got it. There we go, and voila! Look at that. Sven Marlowe, Detective Agency Client Book. Now, let's see. Ha! Here we go. Sven's client list showed his latest client, Mr. Victor Tyshenko, staying at the Hotel 9 in room 23. Not sure what to expect, I had my friend Abdi give me a ride there in his cab and asked him to wait for me outside. The rundown hotel smelled of stale sweat and old cigarette smoke. As I approached room 23, I remembered something else Sven often said. Notice everything. Even the smallest detail might be important. I had a bad feeling about this place, about this client, but I put it aside to get to the bottom of this for Sven. Room 23, here goes nothing. One moment. Well, hello there. A ravishing beauty has appeared upon my threshold. The way your hair hangs upon your gorgeous neck is enough to drive any man wild. Uh, tell me, Miss... Uh... Henshorn, Gerda Henshorn. Ah, Miss Henshorn, what it is I can do for you. Are you Mr. Tyshenko? Why, yes, I am. I see my reputation has preceded me, but uh, please, call me Victor. Very well, Victor. I received your name from my colleague, Sven Marlowe. He's missing, and I understand he's been working for you. Uh, why, yes. Marlo and I have been working together for the past week. Uh, I haven't seen him for a couple of days, however. May I ask why you're here in Norristown and why you hired Sven? You may ask, my dear. Please, come in. Have a drink with me. Let's make ourselves a little more uh, comfortable. No, thank you, Mr. Tyshenko. Victor. Right. Victor. I'm in a bit of a hurry. Please, just tell me what you hired Sven for. I'm afraid something may have happened to him. I see. Well, I suppose it won't do any harm to tell you. Do you mind if I smoke? I don't believe they allow smoking at this hotel. Garda, my dear, one thing you'll learn about me rather quick. Victor Tyshenko follows his own rules. Ah, sweet nicotine. Now, where were we? All right, the reason for my being here. If you don't mind, Mr. Tyshenko. Oh, I don't mind, uh, Gerda, but please keep this quiet. I am a scout for one of the big-name Hollywood production companies in, uh, in Hollywood. Do you mean movies? Exactly, Gerda. 
I can't tell you the name of the movie we're working on, but it has to do with uh, small towns and people of Norwegian descent. That sounds just like Norstown. This is just what my bosses thought. They sent me here to scout film locations. You know, old farmstead, small town restaurant, little community radio station, those types of things. I see. What did Sven have to do with all of this? He doesn't even like movies. I had some trouble finding the right locations, the right people. Finally, I realized best person to help me would be someone who knew everyone and everything about town. Who better than local detective, huh? That makes sense. Was he able to help you? Oh, yes. Marl led me to the right places and the right people rather quickly. He's very good at his job. I'm sure he'd be glad to hear that. Tell me, Mr. Tyshenko, when did you see him last? Let me think. <sighs> I haven't seen him since two days ago. When I paid him for his services. Perhaps he's left on a well-needed vacation, hmm? I suppose so. Thank you, Mr. Tyshenko, and please call me at this number if you see him or remember anything else. Oh, I most certainly will, Gerda, my dear. Are you sure you don't want to come in? Can I interest you in a nightcap? A nightcap? At noon? Why, yes, Miss Henshron. My room is very comfortable, with a fully stocked bar, kitchenette, even a large bed. Gotta go. Bye. I left the sleazy hotel as quickly as I could, somehow feeling dirty, and remembering a few details, like the packed suitcase on the bed and the oversized red matchbook he used to light his cigarette, the way his right eye twitched when he told me he hadn't seen Sven. There you are, Goethe. I, I was beginning to get some worry about you. D did you find any luck? Not really, Abdi. I found a real scumbag, though. Something about that guy is off. I don't think he's telling me the truth. Is that, uh, how, how do you say, women's inquisition? I think you mean women's intuition. Yeah, you could call it that. All I know is that Sven is gone and no one has seen him for two days. Oh, th that reminds me. The last time I saw Marlowe, he gave me a book. A book? Yes, that is what I said. He flagged my cab down late two nights ago and handed me the book in this bag. Let me see this book, Abdi. I cannot do that, Gerda. Before Marlowe disappeared, back into the night, he made me swear to hide the book and give it to no one but him. You can show it to me, Abdi. It might be important. I, I, I am not sure that that is wise, Gerda. What if Marlowe finds out I did not follow his instructions? What if people start to believe that I cannot be trusted? How will I feed my family if no one will hire me? Abdi, knock it off and give me the book. As you wish, Miss Henshorn. Hmm. It's, it's all a bunch of nonsense. Tables of data that someone's been tracking for the past year. I, I can't understand it. Here, on the front, a name. One Year Study of Lent Soy Green Food Replacement Drink. Property of Nicholas Pascal. Hmm, I wonder. You wonder what? I wonder if Under Sheriff Benson knows anything about this guy. 
Undersheriff Benson. Hi, Undersheriff. Gerda here. I found something. Oh, Gerda. I was just about to call you. Call me? Y- yeah, but but you go ahead and, and go first. What? What, dare I ask, did you find? Not another body, I hope. No, not a body. A book. Book? Yes. Sven was working a case before he disappeared, and he had this book. Undersheriff, does the name Nicholas Pascal mean anything to you? Hmm. Not offhand. Let me put this mysterious name into our computer and see what comes up. Nicholas Pascal, age 43, current residence, Manhattan, Kansas, no outstanding warrants. It's, it says here he's a molecular food scientist, world famous. This guy looks familiar. Where did you say you got this book, Gerda? Sven gave it to Abdi two days ago. According to this photo, Nicholas Pascal is our mysterious John Doe. Looks like old Marlowe knows a little more about this dead guy than the rest of us. I hope he's not in some kind of trouble. What do you mean, Undersheriff? Someone spotted a vehicle matching the description of Marlowe's in the back alley behind Temple Music Store. I'm, I'm going to send a squad car over there to check it out. Bring that book over and let's see what else we can find out. Will do, Undersheriff. Are we going to the courthouse then? Not yet, Abdi. First, the judge. The Temple Music Store is right around the corner. Step on it, Abdi. Your wish is my command. Abdi and I arrived in the back of the music store and saw Sven's car, the judge, with the driver's side door hanging open. I told Abdi to wait for me while I searched Sven's car. I found keys in the ignition and a red oversized matchbook, the twin matchbook Victor used. Inside the matchbook, someone wrote the words, Shady Acres Resort, Cabin 7, in red pen. Shady Acres Resort, the cabin rental a few miles out of town, down in Scratch Hollow. I gave the matchbook to Abdi, started the judge, and drove off to meet my destiny. As I got close to the resort, I pulled off onto a side road and walked through the woods to cabin seven. I watched someone leave with a swagger I recognized, but couldn't seem to place. After he left, I parked the judge by the cabin and entered the front door. The inside stunk of spoiled food and cigarettes. I went through the main room into the back bedroom to find who I was looking for. Sven Marlowe. Tied to a beam at one end of the room, his clothes tattered, cuts and bruises showing through the damaged clothes. Sven. Sven, wake up. Sven, I said wake up. Ow. Oh, Gerda, knock it off. Sorry, Sven. I need to get you out of here. That guy might come back. Victor? Of course. Victor. I knew I recognized that creepy walk. Yeah, don't worry about him, Gerda. I sent him on a wild goose chase. Good. Now hold still while I untie you. How did you get into this mess anyway, Sven? Ouch! Not so rough, Gerda. Victor Tyshenko hired me to track down his brother, Nicholas, who wasn't Victor's brother at all. He was a... A food scientist. Yeah, I already know that, Sven. What do you know about Nicholas Pascal? That he turned up dead, for one thing. They found his body last night. That poor Nicholas. 
He was an independent molecular food scientist investigating Victor Tyshenko's new product, Lentsoy Green. Lentsoy Green? Never heard of it. It's a uh, food replacement shake. Nicholas Pascal was about to publish the truth about some unusual ingredients included in the drink. Ouch! Hey, hey, can't you be a little more gentle? I'm doing the best I can here, Sven. These knots are tight. So what happened? How did you get tied up here? Uh, Nicholas was scared, afraid for his life. He told me the company lied to the FDA to get approval, that they've replaced the natural flavors in the drink with human growth hormones, and that Victor will stop at nothing to get his product on the market. Do you mean Victor killed Nicholas? Nicholas asked me to hide his lab book, so I gave it to Abdi. I was supposed to meet Victor behind the music store, and wham! Next thing I know, I wake up here with a very angry Victor Tyshenko wanting to know where I hid the lab book. Uh, that, that's my finger, Gerda. I've almost got you out, Sven. Where did Victor go anyway? I saw him leave just before I got here. I told him Nicholas gave the book to me and I hid it in the judge back in town. I have Nicholas's lab book right here in my purse and the judge is right outside. There. The final knot. Got it. Now let's get out of here. You two aren't going anywhere. Oh, yeah? I'd like to see you try and stop us. My dear, nothing would please me more. Gerda, he's got a gun. I think you better do as he says. Yes, Gerda. I think you'd better do as I say. You can start by handing over the lab book I see poking out of your purse. You won't get away with this, Mr. Tyshenko. You don't think so? <laughs> You have no idea what I can get away with, Miss Henshorn. But let me tell you, you're about to find out. Now, let's not get crazy, Victor. Crazy, Marlowe? You tell me not to get crazy? You're the one who double-crossed me, sold me out to that no-good Pascal. Oh, no. I'm about to teach you two a lesson in crazy. Is it worth it, Mr. Tyshenko? All this death over what? Money? A business? My dear Miss Henshorn, I... See that I operate far above your pretty little head. This is not about money. This is about the glory and honor of greater Ukraine. But I, I thought you were working on some kind of a food replacement product. Uh, indeed I am, Marlo. Lent soy green. We skated by the FDA and this product is all ready to explode on the marketplace. If it wasn't for Nicholas Pascal, bottles of Lensoy Green would already be on the shelf. But it isn't safe. Not safe? <laughs> it's perfectly safe. With only three ingredients, Lensoy Green supplies a complete protein that builds body mass, strengthens bonds, and gives you a boundless energies. Well, tell us, Mr. Tyshenko, what are the three ingredients in Lensoy Green? You can read it right on the bottle, Marlowe. I haven't hidden anything. Lentils, soybeans... And natural flavors. Natural flavors? You mean human growth hormones. <laughs> you, you people and your fear of science. Human growth hormones are naturally created by your body. There's nothing wrong with them, and they round out the flavor of the drink. Yeah, but what about the mutations and cancers it caused in rats? What about the fact that the human growth hormones are untested and unstable? Those are minor annoyances, Marlowe, easily solved. Once Lensoy Green gets in the market, the effects will speak for themselves. And then what? Then what? Why, the Ukraine used to be called the breadbasket of Europe. Once demand for Lensoy Green explodes, 
Ukraine will become breadbasket of the world. Now, I don't wish to dispose of you with this gun in such a gruesome manner. I think we'll arrange for your deaths in a way my father would have appreciated. He was ex-KGB and very creative. What do you plan to do? Let's just say I plan to act as your judge. Victor forced us out of the cabin at gunpoint into the judge, where he handcuffed both Sven and me to the steering wheel. He ran a tube from the exhaust pipe into the back window and sealed the window with duct tape. As he left, he said he had some things to attend to and would be back soon to clean up. <coughs> uh, see, uh, see if you can get one of your hands out of the handcuff. I'm trying. They're... Too tight. They're just cutting into my wrists. Uh, yeah, mine too. Uh, I, I'm sorry I got you into this mess, Gerda. Maybe it wouldn't have come to this if you had trusted me enough to get involved from the beginning. No, no it's, it's not that. I don't trust you, Gerda. I, I didn't want to put you in danger. In danger? What do you think this is? I can't believe we're going to die and you haven't even noticed my hair. Your, your hair? <coughs> what? You're worried about your hair? <coughs> oh, fine, fine, Gerda. Hey, uh, actually, your, your hair looks great. It's too late, Sven. It doesn't matter anymore. <coughs> hey, what is, what is that? A, a silver rose? Yeah, uh, my grandmother's hairpin. <coughs> hairpin? <coughs> Gerda, <coughs> that hairpin might just be our way out. Way out? Yeah, sure, sure, here. Bend your head over toward my hands. Like this? Yeah, a little closer. <coughs> there, there, I got the hairpin. Now I can I can use it to pick the locks on these cuffs. Hurry up, Sven. I can barely breathe. Oh, no, 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 hold on, Gerda. No, no, just a few more seconds. I can't breathe. No, Gerda. <coughs> <coughs> He's been long enough. Time to remove the handcuffs and make this murder-suicide look real. Papa would have been so proud. <coughs> wait, wait a minute. There's no one in there. Now, Sven! Yeah, get off me! Hey, I got him. Now finish it up, Gerda. Let me go! You guys will regret this! You're not going anywhere. No! No! It can't end this way! Oh, yes, it can, Victor. Nice job, Gerda. That's good and tight. Yes, and here comes under Sheriff Benson, right on time. Uh, 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 Mother Ukraine, I have failed you again. And that, as they say, was that. Under Sheriff Benson took Victor into custody for the murder of Pascal and the attempted murder of Sven and me. Sven refused to go to the hospital, so I spent some time doctoring him up, attending to his bruises and cuts. I left him to rest, and he promised to meet me the next morning at the Lefse Emporium for breakfast. Good morning, Gerda. Good morning, Elise. Gerda, come on and join me. Thanks, Under Sheriff. I'm supposed to meet Sven here. I am sure Sven will be around soon. Uh, 
Meanwhile, let me congratulate you on the excellent sleuthing you did yesterday. If it had not been for the message you sent with Abdi, we would not have found Mr. Tyshenko as quickly as we did. Why, thank you, Under Sheriff. <laughs> that, that is not to say that I am happy with the way you took the judge or put yourself into danger. I know, Under Sheriff. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm just glad you got there, just as Fen and I captured Victor. Here's your coffee, Gerda. Thanks, Elise. I'm so glad to see you and Sven are okay, Gerda. I was so worried. It just goes to show that the Norristown Police Force is here to protect and serve. Uh, speaking of protecting, Gerda, Sven told me it was your silver rose hairpin that saved you both. That's right, Elise. That simple piece of jewelry saved my life and Sven's. You haven't seen Sven, have you? Well, that faucet works like a charm now, Elise. Sure, Gerda. He's been fixing my leaking faucet. Uh, hey, Gerda. Under Sheriff. What? Why, why are you all looking at me like that? I told you I'd meet you for breakfast. You know, Sven, even though sometimes you let me down, you're always there for me when I need you. So ended the case of the missing gumshoe. With Sven back in action, I no longer had to do the sleuthing for Norstown. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the job, and I did well, if I do say so myself. Even though everything worked out in the end, I decided not to change quite so much. I put my hair back in its normal ponytail and put my great-grandmother's silver rose hairpin in a place of honor in my living room. I even trusted Sven next time we made plans. You've just listened to the adventures of Sven Marlowe, small town detective in the case of the missing gumshoe. Today's show was produced in the studio of WDRT Viroqua, Wisconsin, 91.9 FM. The cast included Stephen Lorden as Sven Marlowe, Michelle Pedretti as Gerda Henshorn, Carl Schlecht as Undersheriff Benson and Abdi, Kathleen Tigerman as Elise, and Adam Fogelson as Victor Tyshenko with live sound effects by Josh Peters and Rusty James as our audio engineer. Recorded music used in this production was by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com. The case of the missing gumshoe was written by Leif Erickson and Josh Peters. Subscribe to the Old Hills podcast at oldhillsaudiotheater.podbean.com or subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Stay tuned for the next adventure of Sven Marlowe, Small Town Detective.